Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives about what's going on at their companies. Today's show, a special one because it's a private company, pre-RTO, with intention to be listed on the CSC in the next two to three months. With us is David Lukacs. He's co-founder and president of Cabin Systems North America. Now, what do they do? They're a fintech company. We're going to really dive into it because it can get kind of complicated, but the description I've come up with is Cabin turns the problem of privacy into a profit. Uh, on the official note in their description, Cab is a Canadian fintech company that specializes in continuous online identity, verification, identity management, and monetization. Now, I know that's gonna be a lot for people to absorb uh, on first description, but trust me, there's a lot there to it and it's gonna be a massive market. David, welcome to the show, my man. Thanks, George. It's great to be here and talk about Cabin. Well, we're glad to have you because of two reasons. One, you're a pre-RTO company. That's exciting because people get to hear about you before the RTO comes out. And we'll talk about that at the end, but you've already made a press release with the company that you're looking at. And two, you're going into a market that is on the verge of just blowing up. And then I, it's just going to continue from there, I think, in the next five to 10 years. So before we get into the, I want to make sure that everyone at home really understands you know, what it is that you're doing, what is it you're solving? Because a lot of companies in this space speak with real technical jargon and lose people. So here's the first question I want to ask you. Is this a problem, you know, the, the problem of privacy? Is this a problem that people actually have or is this a problem that they don't even know they have? That's an interesting question, George. I think it's a bit of both. I think we've taken the internet for granted over the last 20 odd years and really uh, thought about it being anonymous, but really at its heart is uh, we're duplicating the real world. And if I asked you to get on an airplane today and you went to the airport, you'd have to show an ID before you got anywhere. But for most things on the internet, you don't have to show any ID, even when you're using a credit card. So uh, a lot of the rules are changing. There's a lot of new um, legislation and we can get to that. And uh, just for common sense, if I'm online, and I want to do something, I think people would want to know who I am. And uh, even as far as it goes to taking an exam, which we've seen recently, that there's been problems with people faking um, who they are when they take an exam. Yep, so I think the internet is moving towards, from anonymity towards a known um, uh, system of people, everybody knowing who they are. Now, step two, you're going even deeper than that. It's not strictly just verification of online identity because we've been, you know, anybody who has been, who hasn't been under rock in the last few years knows, has known what's happened with privacy, private data being used by big companies and so on and so forth. So, all right, that's part one where, you know, you want to protect people's, protect people's identity and be able to actually verify them, but you're going to go further. So what you can actually turn that into a profit in layman's terms, we'll dive deeper. How do you how do you go about that? How do you take my privacy, you know, my private data, and turn that into a profit for me and for your company? 
Well, there's, there's two types of data, George. There's private data and public data. So let's start at the beginning. Um, most times that someone would have to verify themselves, and we call that KYC, know your client or know your customer. And in financial transactions, we also do anti-money laundering checks. When you do that, for most times that you've ever done it in your life, it's a single process for a single point in time. Uh, cabin changes all that. When you verify with cabin, you get a cabin ID. And anywhere you go that takes a cabin ID, you can use that again. So you don't have to give out your private data information each time you sign in. Yeah, that makes me nervous every time I go somewhere, putting your name, your credit card, your address, your this, your that. And you're always wary about it unless it's Amazon. Even then you should be wary about it. But when it gets a smaller site, you start to worry about that for sure. Oh, for sure. And, and I think it's important to understand that, you know, the value of your identity drops with more people that have your basic documents. So Cabin makes it, uh, the process a one and done and creates a use, uh, reusable identity pla platform for yourself. But that's on your private side. And right. once we get to your private side, we help you manage both your private and your public ID. And that public ID is all about the things you like, the things you want, the things you do. That information we aggregate with other information and we make pools of data. So it's really um, not known that it's exactly you, but it relates to you. And then from there, we can find offers and services that want to reach that pool of data that will give them value because they know the underlying person is verified. It's a real person. So we're creating a new value chain that companies are really excited about. All right. All right. But why, why now? Is it just uh, because it was in the media a couple, of, a couple of years ago where it really began to take note and you're, you're trying to create a market? Or is there a catalyst that'll, you know, because a lot of people are just used their habits, right? To say, well, okay, what David's saying sounds great, but you know what? I go to Amazon, I go to a couple of places, I surf social media. I don't know, maybe it's not that big of a deal for me. Do I really want to change my habits? So, and maybe the same for companies, right? They're like, hey, George comes, he sends us his credit card. It's good. The system works. What's the catalyst that's going to change the habits of people and companies from the status quo to, you know, live in a, to live in a cabin online uh, you know, identity management? Well, I think it's already started to change. Um, two years ago, we saw the um, advent of something called GDPR in Europe or General Data Protection Regulation. And that really changed the way that um, data is used and stored. It's really the ownership of that data is now by individuals. Um, on January 1st, we saw the CCPA come into play and that's the California Consumer Protection Act. That, that dovetails into what they're doing in Europe. The Canadian privacy laws dovetail on what's doing in Europe. So we're seeing that change already happening and consumers are going to find themselves being asked more and more to prove themselves. So Cabin is way ahead of that curve. But you know, when you think about um, using a credit card online, I need very little information to use your credit card online. True. I need your name on the credit card. I need your number. I need your you know, uh, CCV number. I need your home address and then I can shop online. Um, you know, that's a $30 billion a year fraud industry. And if people were identified, that would make it easier to um, reduce that and reduce the cost of consumers who are laden with all these credit card fees because the credit card companies aren't absorbing that money. They're passing it along to the consumers. Yeah. I've always said that they're uh, complicit in it almost. I mean, they're not, they're not participating in the crime, but they're almost, they don't mind having it happen because that justifies their, their high fee. So let me dovetail right into that then. Um, the credit card and debit card companies, uh, aren't they going to try, aren't they going to try and maybe tighten that up a little bit and become a, a real big competitor to you? 
Well, I think we're already there. One of the things, if you think about Kevin's uh, business model, which is verifying, managing, and monetizing identity. So we've talked about the verification in, in making sure that once someone is verified with us, it, they have a transportable or reusable identity. We also talked a little bit about managing that identity, both as a private and a, a public identity. The third leg of our business is monetization. And I'm really excited to announce that we, uh, we are approved by Visa and we will be la launching our own banking platform based on the cabin ID, which is really cool. It's called the Pegasus Flight Visa Card and Mobile Banking Platform. It's coming to Canada first and we're working on other regions um, in North America. But it's really cool because um, our cost of acquisition is so much lower and we can pass a lot of savings on to our users because those that are already verified with Cabin have a bank grade ID, which can then be transportable right into our card program. So we're seeing that value proposition where we can save consumers money, we can pass those savings along and we can give them more value through our own ecosystem. All right, so great explanation. Still probably tough for a lot of people to wrap their minds about it, but we can definitely see where you're going. So let's walk through uh, a couple of basic examples sure. of how Cabin will help. So let's talk about first an individual, uh, me, okay? Uh, walk me through how my you know, habit or actions would be different for you to protect my ID and for me to start profiting from, from, my, from my ID. You know, how, do, how do I manage it? Do I log into the back of Cabin and there's my profile? Like, Explain to people in layman's terms then, how does George or David or Mary uh, you know, act differently online as a result of Cabin? Okay, so let's, I'm gonna change up that just a wee bit and say, how does a consumer get their Cabin ID? Because I think that kind of will dovetail both and then I can answer that question. Okay. In most cases, um, George would come to us through a commercial client that needed to verify their constituents. So it's not always a direct to consumer coming to Cabin they would do an ID verification through a financial institution online that uses Cabin. They do it for that financial institution for that point in time or that financial service, and then they become a Cabin customer. And when they're a Cabin customer and they have their Cabin ID, that is a no cost service. They never pay for that service. So it's easy to do, it's very simple. They fill out some information online, provide a piece of government issued ID, the front and the back, or in the case of a passport, um, their, their inside page. We can verify from that little barcode, we can verify that it's a valid ID. We uh, take a live selfie and um, in most cases we ask them to prove their residence using a bank statement or credit card statement or a utility bill and that gets them bank grade KYC. They're done, we verify that you are you and we can prove that that identity belongs to you. So now, now you're get there for a second. Why would the institution uh, say, Hey, Cabin, here's George and my million other customers here. I want you to verify them. Uh, are, isn't there, uh, wouldn't they be putting up a, a wall maybe and, and saying, I don't want to hand over my customers to David and Cabin. Maybe they'll take them and start profiting from them in another way. Well, they, they need the service either. And our service is faster, better, and cheaper. So um, we, uh, we're less costly than, than probably 99% of everyone out there to do it because we see a long-term value in the customer, number one. Number two, if George already has a cabin ID and he goes to the financial institution, he just has to sign in. So for the financial institution, they're getting the benefit of the cabin ecosystem. George doesn't have to revalidate. So on a second use basis, when, he go, when George goes to that uh, institution that uses cabin, he doesn't have to provide all that documentation again. 
so it's more valuable to them. So it's a faster, better, cheaper approach. Right. So, so if I'm a CIBC customer, because I know this happened to me before, I'm a CIBC mm -hmm. banking customer yeah. and I want to get a mortgage mm -hmm. and I got to supply all this stuff all over again. I'm like, don't you guys already have it? And they say, no, our mortgage side is right. different from our banking side. So I got to give them everything all over again. So is two things I'm going to ask you. Is that the kind of problem you solve where you make it real easy and friction free? And two, can that be stolen? Because, you know, that's, that's the impetus for what you're, what you're doing. So can my cabin ID be hijacked or stolen by somebody? Is, isn't that still a risk uh, even with you guys? Yeah, well, um, a couple things. One is, is, is we're, we're working with online financial institutions, not traditional. So that, that's a bit different. So a lot of these uh, smaller organizations and neobanks and, and wealth management and uh, exchanges they need this service. So um, um, this is a welcome opportunity for them. And it's in, in terms of, of stealing your cabin ID, we have significant security. We're, we're, we use Amazon as our back end, so there is a lot of security there. And um, um, as we move forward, we use biometrics to allow you to sign in. So unless someone else has your face, um, um, it's going to be a problem to sign in. Yeah, I've always wondered why credit card, debit card companies just didn't do that. All sorts of things. But I guess it goes back to my original statement. They almost don't mind if it's easy for the waiter to kind of take my credit card ID, sell it to somebody, uh, and then have them shopping on Amazon the day after. You know, the insurance will cover it. They get their goods transferred around and I get the hassle. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys have that. Well, George, I was going to mention, if anybody goes to the U.S. from Canada, Canada's had chip cards for many, many years. And the U.S. has recently just started the chip process, but right. they don't really use a pin process in the U.S. yet. So it's um, even if you use a chip, in most cases, in most cases, they may actually sign a chip as well. And U.S. credit cards themselves, while they have chips, do not use a pin system. So so you think of the 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 network being so behemoth that it's impossible to add new features without huge amounts of time delay and everything else. So it's actually probably less costly to take the hit on the credit cards and charge it back to the consumer than it would be to reinvent the system. So is it accurate to kind of, in an analogous way to say, cabin almost becomes a passport that allows you to move from financial institution to financial institution and you don't have to resubmit your documents, your ID, your financial statements, your this, your that. Boom. It's, it's done in one shot, basically. Well, I've heard financial um, passport. I've heard Nexus. Um, they're all good. It heard, I've heard the fact that I'm an individual influencer. Um, that, that's very true. But think of it in the education process. I mean, our kids are going to spend more and more time uh, online taking educational courses. And when they go to do exams and other things, how do we know that they are who they say they are? Right, so it, it doesn't just follow the financial institution, but government records, voting, medical, um, uh, educational. Um, there's just so many applications where ultimately your identity is important to you. And the more theft of an identity, the, I mean, credit implications, there's so many different things, but, but validation and verification of identity is core to our product. But I think what would interest people even more is the ability to profit from their identity they're now making money and and again one thing i will say and just add to that is that you may have recently seen that google is getting rid of cookies no so, actually I, I didn't see that 
No, so Google is getting rid of cookies in the next couple of years because it doesn't meld with the current privacy legislation. So by Google getting rid of cookies, the whole advertising industry is going to change. And we're looking, we're looking at that wow. industry as well and saying, how can we create personal advertising engines where advertisers will share their revenue with me because I'm looking at their ads? Okay, now, now see, that's, those are the kind of catalysts I'm happy to hear about because it's difficult to get people to change habits. It's difficult for companies to change habits and institutions, but with the privacy laws coming in, as a result, you have Google, you know, Google uh, phasing out cookies over the next couple of years. It, they're going to be forced to look for these kind of solutions. They're not going to have a choice because that's awesome to hear. So uh, I, I really like that a lot. So let's talk about the business side. So from a conceptual point of view, it's, it's becoming a lot more clear. And for everyone at home, it's not going to be crystal clear because this is all brand new. It's just a brand new way of doing things. Personally, it's a brand new way for business to be doing things, but I'm sure everyone now at home is getting the gist of what's happening here. Let's talk about the business side. I'm assuming that uh, for cabin to be successful, you're going to have to have millions of users, millions of Georges, millions of Marys who, um, who are on your, on, on the cabin system, on the cabin network. How do you, how do you do that without breaking the bank? Because that's a mass, that's a mass consumer acquisition model. How do you do that without having to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars to try and acquire me and you know, 2 million other users? Uh, certainly, that, that makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about the addressable market first. So um, Cabin's addressable market is 100% of those over the age of 13 that are online. And 13 is generally accepted as as, as kind of the cutoff for, for privacy and accepting certain privacy conditions. So we talk about Gen Z. So our market is 100% of the addressable market because this is still a very, very new and fresh market. Oops. But um, our business model is built on, on, on what we call a feeder network. And so uh, commercial clients that need to use our service commercially to bring in, to bring in their constituents which become customers of ours. Influence. What's an example of a commercial client before you go further? Give us an example. Sure, um, Not that they're say your client, but what would be an example of one? Sure. But I'll, I'll say digital exchange. So a digital exchange needs to verify every customer in their system because some of the rules are changing. Um, in fact, in June, the rules changed to say that anything over a thousand dollars in digital and transportation of digital currency will require that both parties on either end, on both ends be, be verified. You're talking so, crypto? Yeah, a crypto, digital. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of talk about. I don't talk about crypto so much as I say digital because transportation of digital currency might not just be banking anymore, and it may not be crypto. I think there's a lot of hybrids coming to play. Yeah. So, so they need to verify their customers. They don't do it internally, and they don't want to store the data. So they would use us, and George would sign yeah. up with that exchange, and George would become a customer of Cabin by virtue of the way the process works. So we're offloading a lot of our marketing expenses. By, uh, by enticing our commercial clients to work with us. And they pay a fee and we absorb a little bit of that cost, but it's, uh, our cost of acquisition is so much less than anyone else it's out tiny there. Tiny compared to advertising, it's marketing, tiny, trying to acquire tiny. me. Absolutely. So, and, and then we're able to pass that value back to our customers. So, and then the other side is that, um, you know, it's the old adage, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? So we're not going to take on the entire market at once. We're looking at particular market segments and growth opportunities and low hanging fruit so that we can grow quickly. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, you know, Revolut, one of the European banks, the, the, the neobanks, the online banks, 
they've got about seven or 8 million customers. They're worth about $10 billion. Wow. So um, Monza just came to, I believe the U S they've had, they have 250,000 customers. That's, that's 25 to $50 million. And in, in they market. would be competitors, right? They're just, they're just yeah. education of FinTech moving deeper well, and deeper online. I think they're, they're, they're somewhat hybrid competitors, but again, their cost of acquisition is so high. Ours is so much lower because we're counting on verification first. And as I said, whether it's Google cookies, whether it's millennials who are doing online services, spending more time online, where it's a shift in, in, in the new rules for, for exchanging or moving money, all these things, uh, GDPR, CCPA, all these things are pointing to the fact that the online world will emulate the conventional world. And if I want to do something online, if I want to move from place to place, I'm going to have to show my passport at the border. Yeah. And, and that's, again, to, to repeat, but it's so important repeating that. I love the fact that there are structural, legislative market changes that are coming that are going to force users and companies like the ones you're talking about, commercial clients, uh, to go this way. I really like that a lot because if it was strictly just, we're hoping to convince George that this is a better way to do it, eh, that's, that's tough to do. But I love the fact that, so let's go to competition. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, this is going to be a massive market. Just sure. fraud alone, like you said, is a $30 billion. Just credit card fraud alone is $30 billion a year. Forget about all the rest. The ad industry, the ad industry is multiple billions of dollars a year. Yeah, I've been reading. I just, in fact, you know, for everyone at home and for you, David, but for everyone at home, I was just reading last night because I'm an Android user and I was going to download an app. I wanted to check out its safety. did some research. I ran to an article where people now, people, you know, development shops around the world are producing these apps that are really great, right? But they're really producing them so that they can create ads on there and somehow create click fraud and fake clicks. Yeah. Tens of millions of dollars. It's massive yeah. that Google has to go through their, their, so is, uh, that's, that's a massive market too. And you never would have thought that, but how do you guys help apps and advertisers make sure that George's click on his mobile phone is for real as opposed to a click farm? Well, that's a little bit down the road. I would, I, before I say that, I just want to take a one step backwards to something you said a, a couple of minutes ago. The legislation is already in place. So we're not, we're not, we're not driving towards legislation. That legislation is in place in most major regions and we're working towards um, meeting the objectives of that legislation. So that's really a, a big piece. But in the advertising industry, we have some things on the board right now, again, to look at personal advertising engines. Same as, um, um, you know, companies like Uber and Air Airbnb want to know that their users are verified. Advertisers now want to know that their users are verified. Wow. That, so, so we can solve a lot of those issues very, very quickly because, uh, I mean, we're not talking about a concept here. Um, the cabin process for verification of identity has been testing in market for over a year. So we've already got an active market. We've been using it. And there are some of our, our customers, uh, our individuals, have gone to multiple places and used their cabin ID over and over again. So at the end of the day, this has been really exciting for us. Um, we're now bringing our banking platform and value platform online, which is our, our primary revenue generator. So we're not coming to the market um, you know, with one hand tied behind your back. We've already got a product that works. And uh, as I said earlier, we've got approval by Visa to issue our own um, uh, debit card program in Canada and mobile banking platform. 
And that speaks volumes, right? Because uh, everybody who watches my Gorecom, you know, the, these interviews, I constantly say third-party validation is so important. Because at the end of the day, you know, David Lukacs, co-founder and president of Cabin, is supposed to say great things. And so is George, so is Bob. They're all supposed to say great things. So third-party validation is critical. Sure. What does it mean to have Visa have approved you, uh, you know, to, to come into their network? Um, well, I think it's very important. I, I mean, people trust, you know, the banking brands and, and the Visa network. There's over 40 million merchants worldwide that accept Visa. And uh, we're going to have a very, very unique offering um, um, based on our mobile banking wallet. But um, to get those approvals um, took us quite some time. Uh, you know, we've been working on this probably over 20 months to get approvals. And um, it, was, it was a really challenging time, but we had to prove uh, ultimately that our, our technology worked and, and it provided a uh, continuous validation of identity. So having, having the ability to work with our partners um, in, and our issuing partners and ourselves um, and our banks to be able to issue the Pegasus flight of Visa card, I think is a massive milestone for the company and, and, and for the Canadian investment community, um, you know, banks are among the strongest companies in the, our, our Canadian banks are among the strongest in the world. So, I mean, it, it really bodes well for us as a FinTech that we not only have a front end solution for identity uh, verification, but we also have a revenue solution that includes our own digital banking uh, platform and uh, Visa card program. Amazing overview. And we could go so much deeper, but I think ironically enough, you said something earlier, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Right. So it's almost like we've now been exposed to the matrix and we're all Neo at home. And for the first time we've met Morpheus and we're still trying to get our mind around it, but we get it. So that part's awesome. So let's stop there as far as describing the business and all the drivers and all that. And let's hop into the fact that you are a private company, but you intend to be on the CSC uh, in the next two to three months. What can you tell everyone at home about that? Because that's going to give them added incentive to, to keep up with cabin and these interviews because there's going to be more of these. Uh, what can you tell us about what, how, the, how that's looking for you guys? Super. Well, um, you know, we made a decision, um, you know, uh, last summer and worked through it through the fall to, uh, to look at doing either an IPO on the CSE or an RTO. And we were fortunate enough that uh, we were approached by a company. Uh, unfortunately, their business wasn't performing well. Um, they had a good shareholder base, a really good shareholder base. They had effectively no debt and um, they were amenable to a deal. So we've announced that we've done uh, a deal with Torino Power Solutions, T is in Tom, P is in Peter, S is in Samuel on the CSE and uh, it's halted and we've done it. We've already signed our definitive agreements and we're, we're preparing to file all our necessary paperwork and, uh, nice. we're, doing, and we're doing our RTO financing right now. And I know this isn't, you know, 100% linear, but ballpark, can you, I, I was thinking two to three months. Is it two to three months? Is it three to six months? But do you guys have a sense of that? If you don't, it's okay. But do you have a sense for, you know, what, what that looks like? I, George, I think your estimate is fair. Um, um, ultimately, we believe that the information that we'll provide um, to the regulators will be um, excellent. And, 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 you know, we trust our accounting team and our uh, and our our security lawyers and our our team. Um, this isn't the first time the management team has done a deal on the uh, Canadian exchanges. So we've um, we've got a history here, and we've um, 
we we understand the process and um, you know we've we've got big shoulders for the, these issues to rest on. So at the end of the day, I think your your estimate is fair, um, always subject to all necessary approvals and all caveats. But I think um, Torino has been excellent in working with us and uh, we're excited to be working with them. And, and it looks like it could be a very, um, we believe it's a very excellent deal for the Canadian investment community. David, this was great because, you know, we've been banging the table at Agoracom that if people think the last 10 years had great technology innovation, the next 10 years is going to make the last tone, the last 10 look like stone age because So many things are changing and they're changing so quickly and some of them we have a handle on like esports, and now what you guys do in a cabin uh, and some things aren't. So when people like you come on and kind of start to draw back the curtain, show everyone at home what's possible, that's awesome because it gives us the potential to get behind a company really early. Uh, And I'll tell everyone at home, you know, I've seen tweets when Uber went public. I've seen tweets from guys who retweeted, their invitation to meet Uber for the first time back in 2012, seed round investment, and they didn't take it. And one guy said, hey, here's the invite. Here's the tweet I got back in 2012, 2013. I didn't go. And the guy said, but my friend and colleague Chris went, he put in 500000 his firm put in $500,000, and that was worth over a billion dollars at the IPO. Right. Uh, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with Cabin, but the fact of the matter is we have – uh, ID, you know, we, we have people's personal ID, verification, uh, marketing from customers, marketing, sorry, by commercial clients who want to know exactly who they're marketing to so they're not wasting their, all that's changing, right? It's getting granular, and that is going to open up opportunities for companies like Cabin. It's a lot harder for the existing companies, for the incumbents to get on that train because they're used to the old way. They don't want to change it, they want to hold on to those revenue streams as tight as possible. For as long as it can, but really excited to hear about you guys, David. And I, I assure you, we're going to have you back on because I'm presuming you have, you're going to have more developments next couple months. But thanks so much for being here. Thank you, George. It was a real pleasure. You've been watching David Lukacs, co-founder, president at Cabin North America, Cabin Systems North America. For and even though they're a private company, if you want more information, get to Agoracom, get to the hub, punch in K A B N Cabin. Uh, and go to their profile to get a great summary overview of what the company does. And then from there, as always, we get the link to their website, get over the website, do a little more due diligence, keep cabin on your radar. These are the kind of FinTech companies that we love. These are the kind of situations that, you know, behoove us to watch them closely and then watch for more interviews with David because, because uh, it's going to come fast and it's going to come furious. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a fantastic day. Talk to you next time.